Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Middle call! Heavy! Why are you gripping the mic so tightly? Ready to work, guy. Sunday, no days off. We're grinders. We salute you. And we are reporting for duty. As uh, the only question left is the St. Peter's fly tonight or spend one more night in the NCAA tournament and fly on Monday morning. I'm pretty sure they're playing uh, at the Wells Fargo in Philly, so they're. I think they live 45 minutes away. Bus trip. Bus trip. You just go right over the Walt Whitman Bridge, and you know. Well, I could see you staying one more night, just like uh, the Four so Seasons has, has all your bag. The Marriott has all your bags in the lobby. You're like, no, no, no. We're one more night as NCAA tournament Elite Eight participants. Well, you know how in the Super Bowl, how they already have a party scheduled if you lose, and like Joe Burrow went to it this year 
right? And I, Tom Brady in the book talks about like the first time they lost, they didn't know what to do, and they realized the party's already set, so you just go and fucking have a couple of beers. I, I think you just you throw a party. Like to me, if you're St. Peter's, you treat this like you just made the final four and you throw a party for yeah, everyone. Yeah. The right? only question, right, is does the coach get a get a job tonight or does he stay at St. Peter's? Any jobs currently open in the market, feels like? Probably. I mean, I haven't really been tied in on the coaching searches the last couple of days, but there's always a few jobs open. I mean, the Mississippi J- uh, State job got filled pretty quick after they fired Ben Howland. They hired the guy from New Mexico State, Chris Jans. Florida uh, got filled pretty quick. Any Florida Pac-12 jobs? Any quick. Pac-12 jobs open? Nope. Does, it doesn't feel like crazy. Uh, didn't you tell me Louisville hired somebody pretty quick? It wasn't that much money. Louisville hired a guy pretty quick for like two and a half, I think, million dollars. But you never know. Like, does somebody try and steal Eric Musselman away tomorrow? To, I don't even know what. I don't know. Just thinking out loud. People people leave the SEC? <laughs> I think Arkansas pays a NBA lot. NBA job? Somebody else in the SEC? I don't know. I think the average, I don't know what Hubert Davis makes. Probably, not, obviously, not Roy Williams money. But Coach K makes like 10. I'm pretty sure Jay Wright and Bill Self, what are they both making? Eight plus? I mean, this, this Yeah, I remember when UCLA tried to hire Kentucky, it was uh, hire Calipari. It was like, are you going to pay him 10 years, 100 million or something crazy like that? Which, Which I, um, yeah. You know, I mean, Coach K has five championships to his own self. Five. Yeah. North lot. Carolina has six as a program. Coach K's got five. Jay Wright's got two. Well, it's funny. You get to programs with only one very quickly. Jay Wright having two is pretty incredible. Like Florida has two, but it was basically the same team. Teams with two, like uh, USF, San Francisco, they got two. Cal's got one. But the list of what well, Nova, I, I, I looked it. I looked it up. Nova's got three because remember they won the one in the mid '80s. So that's right. those extra two. Now we're in a whole different class, right? For sure. I mean, that's their top ten all time. Because <laughs> Roy Williams had three when he was at North Carolina, correct? Three at Carolina. They got six all time. Kentucky's got eight. UCLA's got 11. Indiana's got five. Duke has five. UConn has four. Kansas has three. Nova has three. But then you're into just like the next group of teams is they could have won them 10 years ago or 100 years ago. Cincinnati's got two. Louisville's got two. So you say on paper it's a pretty historic Final Four. I mean, I know for me personally, and again, I said this the other day, I feel like in the minority, I root for Duke. I've just, I grew grew up, I liked Duke as a kid. So I root for him and just coach K is a story. Like, how could you root against, you know, like there's no way I was rooting for St. Peter's today. I'm sorry, but the underdog is sweet until you get to this point and someone gets beat by 20 Duke Carolina, especially given you get the whole history. And then what just happened to Duke on coach K's final day with coach K apologizing to the crowd, shushing the crowd and apologizing to them. (laughs) I mean, the only way it would get better is if they were to play in the national title game. This is incredible. I, I was texting with someone, though, yesterday. I think the one thing that's unique about the Final Four is that if you have a historic Final Four game, it almost is also remembered like a national title game. Like the Final Four, those two games in a vacuum by themselves, if one is legendary, you know, the Leitner shot, right, happened in the first game, not the second game. I do think if you just have a big game, it can be remembered for a long period of time. Like if UNC beats Coach K again and then loses to Kansas or Nova, I do think that game will be remembered for a long time just in college basketball, right? right? Like, that's why I think so special about the Final Four is truly all three games, if they are, if two of the three of them are 
epic games are remembered forever, not yeah. just the Natty. Right. Hell, you could have a bad Natty in two legendary Final Four games, and that's you put up banners for Final Four. That's what makes college basketball. You like, get a tro- you get a mini basically championship trophy. Well, you cut you cut down the nets. I mean, it's, it, to me, it was like watching Bill Self, who when I I googled like what's his salary, and then it came up like. He has a lifetime contract, you know, lifetime. Like he can coach there till he dies. I would imagine Jay Wright technically has a life. Like he's going nowhere. Could you imagine making them f- making them stand by your lifetime contract even when you're just you can't remember anybody's name? You're in a wheelchair. Then they I was. You. It's really sad. I didn't. I I've not gotten this far in the Showtime movie, but you mentioned the Showtime book to me the other day, and I was like, oh, you know, it's pretty good. So I got it on Audible. I started listening to it this weekend, Friday. And um, I haven't gotten very far, but I did not know this. There was a guy whose name I forget, who everyone thinks was going to be one of the greatest coaches of NBA history, who's coaching the first year of Magic, Magic's rookie year. He gets in like a bike accident, has a bad. Do you know this? Do you have you listened to this? Well, this? in the in the show, it's oh, a dude okay. from Portland. It's a dude from Portland who was like uh, their offensive coordinator gotcha. for the for the legendary Blazer team that had Bill Walton. Gotcha. And then Jerry West realized this guy's a genius. Jerry West quits, and they hire that guy. And I guess he's like uh, the vibe I kind of got. What was the a Pete Carrill? Like this guy was a schematic genius. Now I don't know. Was he like? Did he get along with the? Pl- I didn't know that he got injured. I haven't got to that part in the show. I just in the book. I guess he gets a brain injury. He still goes on to become the NBA coach of the year, like two years later for the Pacers. But he was. One of the things one of the guys in the book says is, the, I think it was the Pacers, they were in a huddle. He's like, we're going to run the same thing we ran against St. John's. They're like, uh, you know, he was not all there because yeah. of this, it, this unfortunate this injury that robbed him of uh, his memory. And uh, it was the, that was basically the end of his career. But anyway. Um, I saw, I saw someone else, a, a famous person that was like connected somehow to the Lakers dynasty called – the depiction of Jerry West and other figures like a a tragedy on actual human people. You know, whatever, his verbiage was just incredible. Like, people are legitimately, like, offended. You know, yeah, that, but you know what's funny about it? Again, I'm, like, a, not even a chapter into the book. In the book, it's clear Jerry is a lunatic. Emotionally, it's very difficult for him. But you just, I think you draw the line on you. As a, put- as a coach, as a coach. Just like it just he is consumed with it and losing hurts and all that. But I think there is a line. You put you you say that I'm a lunatic and that I'm hard to work with. You put me curled up in a ball on the ground in tidy whities and that never happened. We have a problem. I don't care about throwing a trophy that I didn't actually throw. But people, I don't think boxers, I don't know what your boxers came around, but tidy whities that's the underwear you wore, right? It's just an embarrassing look. It's true. <laughs> that's true. You know, that's what people tight- wore. Tidy Whitey's was the unit. Was anyone wearing something else in the 70s? Well, I mean, in our lifetime, like when we were kids, like we wore Tidy Whitey's in the like Tidy Whitey's were just what you wore. Like, my dad right. wore Tidy Whitey's when I first met him as a young, young child. Like it's just, and then you transitioned with, I would say, mid to late 90s, boxers became very universal. They were not like in Jerry West's heyday in like the late 70s, early 80s. Like Pat Riley's wearing Tidy Whitey's. I'm just saying, you do that. There's a difference to me between that and having a guy throw a trophy to break a window that he, that ne- that never happened. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, I get it. We're trying to communicate a whole person's life in one hour, so we can dramatize a little. But uh, you had me rolling on the ground in tidy whities. We got a problem. <laughs> At least I didn't put like you know a little little stain little on there or whatever. That would have been realistic. <laughs> that would have been bad. Like I'm a wiper. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, oh, by the way, a couple things uh, as we start the week here, everybody, and uh, wrap up the month of March. Uh, get back on the mailbag. I think we're going to return to the mailbag this week. So iTunes, leave us a review. Five stars. Leave us a question. Any question. Tell us your favorite bar. All that kind of stuff. Also, can we? Should we say this? Schedule to appear yeah, I mean, on he's Tuesday. Schedule. He just. I mean, he could back out, but I feel pretty confident. Greg Papa. Yeah, Greg Papa. You know, scheduled to talk to us on Tuesday. He might be. Is he like the, um, like the Tom? Hanks, who was hosted SNL the most? Is he our? Do you think he's been on the show the most now? This will be his third or fourth fourth appearance, maybe on the show. Funny, th- you bring up Tom Hanks. You know, Graham Bessinger or whatever that guy's name is that yeah. always does the interviews. Maybe I had golf on or whatever in the in like the background. I was walking well, around yeah. and then it, it ended and then he came up and he was interviewing Tom Hanks and I just sat down. I literally watched all thirty minutes because it was excellent. But uh, yeah, speaking of Tom Hanks, Greg Papa, uh, come on down, as John Lund would say. <laughs> uh, Andre on the stream, tidy whities is the topic. Let's hear those Debo takes, fellas. They're yeah, so what, let's dive into it. Any, any uh, anything else we need to mention? Yeah, Greg Papa. What do we got? Uh, I, you know, I think John Master Lynch. Next week. I, I I would imagine a lot of, you know, owners. Well, owners can be hit or miss. Actually, I won't feel great about owners. Not that I even care what they say, but general managers and coaches, pretty good chance that they speak this week. And we get our most favorite. You know, the coaching picture. The coaching picture. <laughs> what Hawaiian shirt will Andy Reid be wearing? Well, they're they're in Florida, so he's gonna. I mean, he's got shorts and a Hawaiian shirt written all over him, doesn't he? I mean, it's good. Like Mike McDaniel is in the coaching picture. Our other favorite part is the GM picture because then you every time it's like, oh, that's Kevin Colbert. But now I feel like I really know who Kevin Colbert looks like after years and years of doing this. Especially because he's gone, right? I mean, this is it. This is his last, this photo. Is it. last photo. Do you do you do you expect to see the Shanahan crew, Kyle, Sean, McDaniel, Lafleur, Sala? Kevin O'Connell, do you expect them to all be grouped or kind of spread their wings and like? I think they're spread. I think the like- the real question, and anyone who's listened for years, we always do a breakdown of the coaching picture and the GM picture. Will Kyle be next to um, Matt Lafleur? Will they be near each other? Have we had a coaching picture since the allegation that of the, we have not had a coaching picture oh, since yeah. the Aaron Rodgers rumor last year draft day? So will Kyle and Matt Lafleur of the Packers be near each other? Always feels, too, that Bill attends, but he never participates. Do you expect to see Belichick in the photo? Because uh, he like really gets to Josh Daniels. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we have a lot of new additions. That's part of the cool part, right? Mike McCarthy's not going to be there. To me, if, you, if you're Mike McDaniel, do you situate yourself next to, like, in between, to, you know, establish a little dominance like Tomlin Vrabel? You're just like, I'm here to rumble. Well, the best was always Jack Del Rio, front and center, legs open. Yeah, that was I always. So you're right. You can establish yourself by who you stand next to. All right. Uh, let's dive into things, John. Uh, Rich Chimini, Chimini, Chimini of uh, ESPN covers the Jets, wrote this in ESPN.com and it's had a lot of uh, attention on Sunday. Uh, the Jets will have to address their wide receiver issue with a high draft pick unless another Tyreek Hill situation arises. A handful of receivers are entering the final year of their rookie deal. Metcalf, A.J. Brown and Debo Samuel. The market's blowing up, and that might make it harder for their teams to resign them. The Jets have ties to all three. The coaching staff knows Samuel from his time from their time in San Francisco. To say the coaches have an affinity for Samuel would be an understatement. At this point, there's no indication that any of them are available, but the Jets are just keeping an eye on situations just in case. Know this, it's harder for a fourth-year player to force a trade compared to an older, more expensive player like Tyreek, but hey, you never know. The Jets traded 
Jamal Adams after three years, didn't they? So that is the uh, the report. And I think the first reaction that uh, I've seen is one of two things. Let's engage in this or let's dismiss it because it's stupid to think about. And, uh, you know, we have are the we are of the mind that uh, I don't expect Debo Samuel to get traded here. But I do think I didn't expect other guys to get traded a year or two ago. You wouldn't have expected Devante Adams to play for anybody, especially in his prime. But the Green Bay Packers and we are in March still this month. Amari Cooper, Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, Hinjard, and Tyreek Hill have all been traded. Yeah, I think one thing that the two superstar guys that have in common that happen, I guess, really over, I mean, Devontae feels, you know, less than a week ago, but it was probably a little more than that. The last 10 days, you've seen Devontae and Tyreek. Both the guys spent second contracts on their first team. Now, we can argue, I, I think money's all relative, and you've brought up the numbers before. One guy was like 51 and the other guy was like 59. But I bet at the time that they got the extension to those guys, to the league, that felt like pretty big contract extensions for both guys, especially Devontae. Uh, Tyreek I, I, you know, had some off the field, just question marks. But still, obviously the numbers that just got passed out to the, you know, those two guys, again, are historically large, right? They are more money per year than any other position, but they're not more money than... They get talked about like the biggest deals ever. Miles Garrett, but Joey Bosa fucking blew by both those two deals, right? As non, it's Aaron Donald, Khalil Mack, still, what, however many years later, what year would that have been? 17, 87, and 90. So, like Tyree Kill, who got this deal that if you just look on Twitter, he got paid like he's Steph Curry or whatever, doesn't even sniff. Aaron Donald's deal that now is a joke deal, right? Or Khalil Mack's deal from 2017. So I think average per year is a little overrated. Now, maybe a guy like Parag or Howie would would argue that, and I'm sure they would have legitimate takes because depending on specific years, like the average per year does matter, and it definitely matters to the probably the narrative around contract negotiations with other players. Yeah. But I would imagine the number that truly, like, the owners, like part of what made the Jimmy Haslam signing off on that contract is like, you truly guarantee $230 million. Even if the signing bonus is 60, you have to put that lump sum of cash into escrow. Like ultimately, Mark Davis had to have $67 million, not 149, right? And Stephen Ross, the 72 or 73 or 75, I see different numbers, but a little over 70 for Tyreek Hill. I, I just get back to the three names that you're seeing, while they are those two contracts dramatically up their value because all three guys are studs. They've all had enormous moments. They've played in a combined Debo six, AJ five and DK three playoff games. They've been in enormous games. That's not even counting their regular season games. When you're in playoff teams, you're playing in huge regular season games and then the playoff games. So these guys, I've seen them in their big moments. They all can dominate. They've been in to a combined true three pro bowls combined. As we said last week, those guys have consecutive 11. So I, I do think the way they're talked about, and I get what Rich is saying, and I get the way social media is saying it, we have to put these three guys, who I fucking, all three of them have awesome attributes. We'll get into like how you'd rank them, but all three of them are elite difference-making players at the highest level. I mean, DK has had some moments in this league, because I think he's going to be ranked probably last by the average fan. That are pretty mind-blowingly, incredibly jaw-dropping. If you watched it on your couch, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> just, he, I mean, he, he, he was the most famous of these groups four years ago when a shirt was coming off. You're like, nah, this guy, this guy. And then he lived up to the hype immediately. So I, I just think we need to pump the brakes on the amount of money that people think all three of them are going to get. Like, I, I think the teams are probably more confident where the number's going to come around than I think the outside noise. Yeah, I also think as it relates to this particular story, um, you know, the more people that know you, because if you know somebody and you like somebody, you are more inclined to, uh, you know, want to be around that person than somebody that doesn't know them. Right. That's a very obvious, basic thing. If you like someone, you're more willing to maybe pay them more money or be a little biased. It's the simplest way to put it in your evaluation of them. And uh, the more coaches around the league that coached the 49ers and now there are you know staffs two more staffs this year than there were last year or coaches that coached against Debo Samuel like Kevin O'Connell now in the Vikings the more teams that the more coaching staffs around the league that are coaching staffs are somehow connected to Debo Samuel the more places that might be willing to pay him more than the 49ers are willing to pay him the 49ers might really be will I, I think that's part of this is like and we saw it with Devonte here where the Packers were willing to pay Devonte the same amount of money that the Raiders were willing to pay Devante, but Devante wanted to be somewhere else. The more places that are willing to pay you as much money as your team is willing to pay you, you know it and your agent knows it, the more likely it is that you end up on another team. Now, again, I don't think Debo's about to get traded to the Jets or traded anywhere for that matter, but there's one year left on his deal. And if the Niners are offering him a reasonable contract of, let's say it's a what we think would be even reasonable plus $58 million guaranteed, right? We, we did, we talked about it the other day based on his history. Now, if he's this player that he is right now for the next three years, that's not crazy at all, but let's say it's 60, let's say 60, let's say somebody's willing to make him the highest paid receiver in the league and he knows it, but the Niners are willing to offer him $58 million. What happens if he doesn't sign 58 because he wants somebody else to pay him 75? I, I, I think there's a big difference in even Devontae and Tyreek Hill. <clears throat> Devontae had been around that group since 14, so they've had ebb and flows. And same with Tyreek Hill. In the peak of their powers, under no circumstances are those two teams capitulating. Like At the end of the day, this ain't the NBA. This is the NFL. Those two teams gave in because they were both willing to. And obviously, like you said, the Packers situation was way different in Tyreek. They would not have done this either team four years ago. Like, to me, the 49ers aren't in capitulation mode yet. Just like, oh, yeah, he's not happy. We'll just let him on his merry way and let some other team. Like, that ain't happening, right? Part of it was, like, those other teams, but specifically the Chiefs, who, to me, would parallel the Niners situation if they ultimately wanted to pull the trigger. The Chiefs were willing to part ways. Like, I don't think the Niners, you know, are in the mode yet of, like, yeah, we'll, we'll let it get ugly. <laughs> we'll, we'll argue a little bit. Like, contract negotiations at the highest level. T.J. Watt, the Packers, the Steelers in a million years. When I think the Steelers, I think T.J. Watt is like, represents everything they've been our entire life. It's like, it got ugly. It got weird. Yeah. That's, that's life. I mean, that's the situation. The other unique situation here, which is, you know, but I guess Kansas City was this way, too. Kansas City, you could argue, was the best place for Tyreek Hill. Right. Like if you're Debo being with Kyle Shanahan on the 49ers is a pretty good situation to be in. We just saw it last year. But what if privately you're telling your agent, hey, man, I don't want to run the ball eight times a game. I don't want to play that way. It's not good for my body. It's not good. For, that's not who I am. I'll do it. I did it last year. 
I don't want to be that guy. He, he did. He did keep saying it and taking pride, call himself a wide back. Hundred percent. Again, I'm not saying any of those things are what's happening. Uh, I just think ultimately the situation, if we removed all the names from it, there's a receiver on the last year of his contract who wants to get paid a lot of money and might not be valued financially by his team as much as he thinks he should be valued and somebody else really likes him and has a lot of draft picks. Uh, that's a story that that's a real story in the NFL. Now, I don't think this one's going to happen, but again, I, I didn't think Devontae, uh, I didn't think Devontae was about to leave. So, yeah. Facts. Uh, okay. Before there's a, there are a few more elements of this, but we also want to tell you about our friends at butcherbox.com slash ham. Before we go any further, butcherbox.com slash ham, free ground beef for life, two pounds in every box for the life of your subscription. When you go to butcherbox.com slash ham, guy, no antibiotics or added hormones. Each box contains eight to 14 pounds of meat. Depending on the box you choose, that's enough for 24 individual meals. This is your chance to never have to shop for ground beef again, guy. Because every week, once you get a subscription and you get your uh, you get your rotation of meats, 8 to 10 pounds, like I said, 8 to 14 pounds, excuse me, packed fresh and shipped frozen. You, you and I have both received these enormous packages, mm. and they come in these boxes frozen. You just throw it in the freezer. You start cooking whenever you want. I know you had tacos last week based on the ground beef. How do you beat that? I tell you, another the ground beef you do the day after tacos, took the ground beef, dumped some the black beans that were on the side in there, mix that up, and now I'm just eating, you know, oh. no no bread, no taco, just a little, little protein load. Yeah, chip, warm it up, eight minutes over the, you know, uh, three minutes over the sink. I'm just pounding it. I'm off and uh, genius. Running. So it's, it's a great uh, plan ahead. Uh, plan ahead for your cooking, plan ahead for your eating. And uh, it's not just the ground beef, right? Like John said, 100% grass fed. Uh, you get the steaks, you get the free range organic chicken, the wild caught seafood. It's all right there. Uh, and right now, you get free ground beef for life when you go to butcherbox.com slash ham. Butcherbox.com slash ham. Two pounds of ground beef free in every order for the life of your membership. Go to butcherbox.com slash ham to claim this deal. Do it, yo. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off. Right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised, crate free, and wild caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer. When you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. Butcherbox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park. Been there a million times. Never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, 
promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game Time app, promo code HAM, save yourself $20. We don't even need to thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop and BMF. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. We're, I'm seeing more uh, go ahead and trade Debo than I thought I would. Uh, of course, you listen to trade offers. Trading him would be stupid at this point with a quarterback on a rookie contract, time to load up. The Niners are smart. They get rid of Kittle. Debo's been injury prone, and the way he gets used might be smart if you could get him for two ones. So, you know, do the, do the 49ers and to Kyle Shanahan view Debo Samuel as untouchable? Because the Jets specifically have a lot of ammunition. They've got the fourth pick. They've got the 10th pick. They've got the 38th pick. If you, if the Jets really wanted them, they could make the 49ers an offer that would feel pretty outrageous, right? If you were just doing how much, how many picks do players get traded for? So on the extreme end, and somebody on Twitter just said to me, you know, the, the Jets wouldn't offer 4, 10, and 38. But what if they got extreme and they did? What would the nine, how untouchable is Debo Samuel? Well, I would say the other two guys are two years younger than him. Both guys, well, DK was born in December. He's 24. <clears throat> I guess AJ will be 25. Debo is 26 years old and will be 27 in January. So, you know, despite only being three years, he was a senior when he came out. Those two guys were underclassmen. In a vacuum, you trade basically any player for 4, 10, and 38, right? That would be a historic haul factoring in. We talked about Mac before. We talked about Jalen Ramsey. Those guys were traded after the draft. So you didn't know what the picks were going to be. And as we saw, the picks weren't that good for either guy. So if you get 4, 10, and 38, the value there is is stupid. But to me, the value in a draft is also based on the crop of players in the draft. Last year, can you imagine if you could trade Debo and get Jamar Chase, Micah Parsons, and some other sweet player in the early second? <clears throat> okay. This year's draft, I've been told by many people, the difference at pick 12, there is no difference than pick 5. 
it's not a top-heavy draft. So even 4, 10, and 38, like, ultimately, who are you replacing Debo with? Now, could you get Garrett Wilson? Could you get a sweet offensive lineman that can, boom, start a guard and then replace McGlinchey? Right? I've heard that Neil and some of these guys can both kind of move. But we've seen them do it before. (laughs) You know, (laughs) yeah, they traded DeForest Buckner, who, like, to me, the the defining image of this season, beside, I would say, the, the playoff win at Green Bay, even Trump, the Dallas win, right? That that the blocked punt and just the moments in that game were just the snow. It was crazy. The week eighteen Rams game. Yeah, that's another good one. Which you're right because Debo single handedly won him that game. I mean, he single handedly won him that game. He he who was on a different mission. He ran for a touchdown. He threw for a touchdown. He was fucking remarkable. He the had catch, that, the Jalen Ramsey dive, couldn't get it, catch. Was. And, and then took him in. I mean, guy, they had no timeouts. It was like 50 seconds left. It was insane. Uh, he's a remarkable player. He, he's beloved. And like DeForest Buckner of two years ago, who I'm all for value. And I think it's so easy. Like the value, the value, the value. Like, well, they traded DeForest Buckner and we love the value. Pick 13 for this guy, like no brainer. But then you have to use those picks and get it right. And immediately, like the one thing DeForest Buckner goes and he's even better. So it's like there's a good chance for the next two or three years if healthy, Debo Samuel is going to dominate and be a top 10 player. You could use 10, 4, and 38, which I don't think they would offer. Let's just say 10 and 38, which would be a haul. 10 and 38 would blow out of the water what the Chiefs just received and what the uh, what the Packers just received. Because the Raiders pick was 22. The Dolphins pick, which was the Niners pick, was 29. Could you trade, if you and I ran a team, would would you trade pick in a, in a good draft, pick 10 for 22 and 29? You might not. Like if you loved Micah Parsons or, or Aaron Donald or the guys that are usually there, J.J. Uh, Watt historically, right around that value, you would say no. Because you're like, I don't want to... Two picks, John Schneider would say, well, you're picking two second rounders in pick 22 and 29, but you're paying them first round value. So pick 10, it's why I actually gave the the Broncos a lot of, you know, like the trade they made for Russell Wilson. They gave up pick nine, which isn't just, they didn't give up pick 22. Like pick nine in a vacuum is worth a lot, but in this draft, is it really? Right. I think the, the actual draft factors in now could Garrett Wilson immediately be an elite player possibly because you'd say Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson the last you know two highest level guys in the last two drafts now I know Jefferson didn't get drafted the highest but have come in and dominate so it it happens but I I think people would freak the fuck out because the Niners already feel like they're doing the value move we'll get into Jimmy a little bit later right like what what, what are we doing Jimmy uh this doesn't have the fingerprints of of the time that you do a trade like that when you have too many players to afford and you can't afford, you're up against the cap, right? That's not the situation they're about to be in. Eventually. Well, they have a $27 million quarterback that's not Once he's gone, once he's gone, John, they're not in that situation anymore. Um, but also, I think what's unique about Devontae and Tyreek trades, both of those guys played with generationally great, all-time great, and still really good, fantastic, best quarterback in the league type quarterbacks, right? Which makes them really valuable because they're making these plays in the playoffs, potentially, in the for the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Wasp. But uh, three, three three MVPs since 2018 combined between Rodgers and yeah, and you could be more really. But Mahomes could have won at Lamar's year probably too. You know, yeah. I I uh, but because your quarterback is so good, you could argue we're paying a great quarterback. He can elevate somebody else that we're not going to replace Tyreek, but we can get somebody because our quarterback is so good and we've got other good players. 
you know, like part of Debo and specifically Debo, not just being one type of receiver, Debo being good in uh, uh, handoff situations, Debo being good in short pass situations, makes him particularly valuable to the 49ers with Trey Lance. Like I think Debo, one of the reasons I think he's special beyond the box score is he can be a great player with Jimmy Garoppolo. Not every receiver can be great with Jimmy, you know, with that type of quarterback. And I would say he has the potential to be extra useful with Trey Lance. So I think he elevates a, a quarterback that needs a little elevation in a way that might be harder for, say, like DK Metcalf is more valuable to a team with Russell Wilson or even Drew Locke with a big arm than he is to Jimmy Garoppolo in the 49ers. I even think this, and this is where I bet if if Mike McDaniel was with us right now, he's like, I think everyone knows Tyreek as his deep threat, which he is. But if you really watch the Chiefs, you know, over the last three or four years, how often do they throw like quick screens to him well, and they can I, the end arounds? Like you, you can get him the ball of his. Let's say he touches the ball, you know, between targets and and handoffs twelve to thirteen times. I think you can get him the ball behind the line of scrimmage, Tyreek. That is three or four times with your eyes closed. <laughs> right? I think he's a great fit for Mike McDaniel and Tua. And, and I think Tua can, Tua actually can kind of throw the ball down the field, but where that's where to me, I mean, you can run that quick screen to DK, but you're running that once a game. To me, AJ Brown is a true outside wide receiver. That's where D- DK, or I mean, excuse me, Debo, and you and I have talked about this over and over. You could argue he's worth more to the Niners than really he's worth more to any team, unless Mike McDaniel got him. But even more to Lef- even more than Lafleur, because like the Niners are very very dependent on this human being. <laughs> So, yeah, the perception of Kyle, right, before he drafted Debo, was that, uh, before he drafted Trey Lance, was that he kind of views uh, quarterbacks as a little interchangeable. We definitely think he review, uh, looks at running backs that way, but then again, that's, that doesn't make him unique. Most of the league views it that way. Does he view Debo as untouchable? Does he view Debo as untouchable? To your point, there are just I things could, he can do with Debo he can't do with it. other players. I could push back even on the running back untouchable. Like when a guy is truly the guy, he rides. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He just maybe just views him like most guys. But does he view Debo Samuel as a guy he would really have a hard time replacing? The same way he views, like he views Kyle Juszczyk that way. It just doesn't cost him as much to view Kyle Juszczyk that way. No, it's it's an easy one. Even Kittle is relatively cheap, you know, right? If Kittle was a wide receiver, what would he have got after a couple Pro Bowls and the heart and soul of the team? He would have been a $22 million player last year. But instead, he plays tight end. Him and Kelsey make like $12, $13 million a year. <laughs> and their their guarantee was nothing. That's where I think this one does get complicated because if Debo's asking for a $65 million guaranteed, based on his resume, to me, even if I increase his value on like the 49er inflation, what you mean to my brand and my team, I think we're still in the mid-40s. <laughs> you know? I mean, you just it's your resume, you're basing everything on what you – are going to become, but that's yep. the way contracts work is what have you done, right? Like the reason Mahomes, he was Super Bowl MVP and won an MVP and he was fucking dominating the league, right? Rodgers had just won back-to-back MVPs why he got 150. That's just part of the deal, Debo. Well, that's now, part, that, that'd be part of back, that'd be part of the Niners evaluation is do we think he's healthy enough to do it again? I think it's fair to say that like any NFL player, he could have a three or four, you know, there's an element of luck and thinking right about how to use them. I mean, guys, A.J. Brown's gotten hurt, right? I mean, guys can get hurt. This guy has a longer injury history, but I guess my point is that I don't know if you can get too caught up 
I mean, Nick Bosa has several major injuries, and they're going to break him off, no questions asked. Yeah. Isn't that just part of the deal? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think Debo falls into the category of part of the deal. I wouldn't trade him for 4-10 and 10 in this draft if I were the 49ers. I wouldn't either. But I, part of it is, do we think we can get a contract done with him? Do we think we can get a contract done with him? But I, but I here's where I would if I already knew the results. Like, would I trade him for 4-10? and 10? Well, yeah, if I knew that I was getting Tristan Wirfs and, you know, Justin Jamar Jefferson. Chase. Yeah, you wouldn't hesitate. But that's yeah. not the way it works because I said, DeForest for 13? Well, and then yeah, you, Kinlaw, and now it's like, I haven't seen Kinlaw in two years. You would trade Debo for Jamar Chase and Micah Parsons right now. A two-for-one. In, player in for player. Right. Yeah. You would do that, in too. A in a heart. But that's part of it. You don't know what beh- what's behind door four. Well, that's why everyone's talking about like, you know, Packers now got some loaded ammo. Well, yeah, they still have to pick some sweet players. And can you imagine, would you argue the first round, whoever their first round wide receiver is, the pressure on that individual is going to be as high as probably any first round pick this season? Because they're, they're a playoff team. I mean, Are they gonna, rough. yeah, I mean, yeah. Assuming they take a wide receiver at 22, the pressure on that guy is immense. Part of the pressure, would you agree with this? Part of the pressure on that player is is kind of looking at that player through Aaron Rodgers' eyes. This is all Aaron's ever wanted, right? More receivers, more talent. It seemed like drafting Jordan Love instead of a guy that could help him was part of the rub several years ago, and it created this rift, this chasm that they've had to – what was the word that Peter King always used during the Brett Favre situation? Was it chasm? A chasm in the locker room. I think that's what – I remember watching like PTI. Like Peter King says there is a chasm in the locker room. That was the word that got used a lot for like a week during the Brett Favre is leaving the Packers story. But – um. You know, I think that's part of it is how does Aaron, I think what what the immediate reaction, part of what made, and this is something that you won't be able to describe to somebody that didn't, that was like out of the country or asleep for two days during that trade. The immediate reaction was partly Aaron must be furious. And then it turned out nothing's really been said, but clearly Aaron's not furious, right? Because Aaron. It's been widely reported. He knew he'd known for a exactly. long time. That was the, part the, of the, the reaction. I had read that the last dance photo was more Devante than him. Right. Oh, yeah. That's where he was fucking with everybody. It wasn't really about him. That's where, to me, he's got the uh, theatrical bullshit going. It right. was really all about Devontae. The word, thank you, Brian, was schism. There's a schism in the locker room. That's what it was. I remember, th- I remember that like, report. That's a good one. Schism. Uh, they w- Jordan says Niners wouldn't get 4-10 and 10 for Debo. Yeah, I think we agree. That's a separate. We're just saying, like. If somebody else got desperate, how desperate would somebody have to get? Because you wouldn't trade them for a one and a two at this point. Yeah. I think we can say that about the 49ers. They wouldn't trade them for a one and a two. No. Would this be? They couldn't. Well, you look at them like, what are you saving up for? Yeah. What are we doing here? So that report from Chimini was Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, and A.J. Brown, all three of those guys coming into the last year of their contract, which makes you wonder, well, will all three of them be back on their teams? At this point, it feels like the level of which some of these guys get traded, maybe one of them gets traded. But would the Jets view all three – are the Jets viewing them the same way? Like they're in the same category in terms of this conversation. Are they actually in the same category? I would say this, though. Seattle, every player they've had of DK, Metcal- of DK Metcalf's caliber, they extended and they built around over Pete and John's time, right? Russell, all the defensive guys, you know, that they drafted that became stars. Earl, Cam, Richard, Bobby, obviously Russell, 
you know, Tyler Lockett had multiple contracts there. He is a star-driven coach, elite players. He extends. Now, it, it's ugly when he rem- gets rid of them, but he gets rid of them like Andy does with the elite guys after the second contract. So you would say, based on his history, th- there would be no sense that he would do this. John Robinson, I saw it before we hopped on, at the owner's meeting says, the game plan is to make A.J. Brown a Titan for a long period of time, whatever that takes. I believe him. I mean, look at his history. He hasn't been... Like the sweet players he drafts, he keeps. Zebo Samuel, you would say the one team of this group that has a history of... Now, they didn't pick him. They inherited DeForest Buckner. But I would argue DeForest Buckner is like inheriting... You know, Jim Harbaugh inherited Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis, and there was never a thought of getting rid of either one of them. He's my guy now. So they inherited DeForest by their sweet team. He was the team captain, the team spokesman, and arguably one of their top two or three players on the team, and they traded him after they made a Super Bowl run. Four pick 13. And that was non-Belichick, would you say one of the most, like to me, like ultimately, Devontae, I don't want to be here anymore. That's happened before. Tyreek, that happens all the time. You know, not all the time, but like teams, cap space, older player, pivot. The DeForest Buckner thing was pretty shocking. That was going to be his first contract extension. Team captain on a sweet team. Great guy. Traded him for pick 13. Like, that was a pretty wow moment. So, I would say they're the one team in this history that you go, well, they've done it before. Right? Because eventually it was like, well, after Bill had done it about three times, like, you never know a Bill. (laughs) You know, Bill just, beside Tom, everyone's fair game. And even by the end, it was like, you know, he tried to trade Gronk. Now, granted, he was an older version, but... It, it's like if if I see a report over the next week, like they've had discussions because Debo is making it difficult to meet in a, diff, in a number or his agent is, I would say that's understandable based on their history. Now, it's only been one guy, but that one guy was a pretty transcendent move for a franchise. And that guy was, I would say, uh, it's easy right now to, to uh, believe that Debo is a sure thing as a player. because I mean, he was so good last year. That everyone fell in love. The whole league. He was one of the biggest stories in the NFL as things got rolled. As the Niners started winning games. DeForest Buckner's body of work was more predictable than Debo's was at that point in time, right? In terms of here is what he's done and here's what we believe it will continue to be. Debo's is, it's a little more of a question just given how short his track record is at this point. If he had done what he did last year for, for three straight years, this is a little bit of a different conversation, right? DeForest was the seventh pick in the draft, and when they traded him, he had missed one career game. And you see the guy in person, I mean, of all the NFL players you've ever stood around, he's he has to be one of the most, him and Eric are two of the most unique players you'll ever see, right? They stand out. We, we used to always comment when we'd see them at Niners camp, like these guys on an NFL field are out, extreme outliers, extreme outliers. So he had missed one game, and he was a top 10 pick. Right now, I understand that like your value, what your pick is, but ultimately Debo fell for a reason. He had some injury questions. That was the knock on him. Injuries. Because I think when he played, everyone loved him. They loved him more than these other two guys, which I think the cool part about all three of these guys is all SEC guys, obviously AJ and DK were were teammates, you know, quote unquote fell in the drafts where receivers clearly go pretty high and all made Pro Bowls and all are really sweet. 
But Debo, I would say, was viewed as the best prospect of the three coming out of college, but had had all the injuries. And just two years ago, he came into camp out of shape. So to me, like, AJ, I've never heard a bad thing about. I mean, DK, just I think people around the league think he's a little diva-ish. But don't get it twisted. I, I did the math before we hopped on. Give me the numbers. He, Debo has 167 catches through three years. AJ has 185, so that's 18 more. DK has 216 catches. Debo, 10 career passing touchdowns. AJ? Receiving. Yeah, receiving. He caught from a passer. (laughs) AJ, 24, has 14 more. DK has 19 more. He has 29 career passing, receiving touchdowns. Now, the, the game changer is Debo does have the 11. So but, Debo's 21 career touchdowns, A.J. Brown's 25, and D.K.'s 29. But the other thing is D.K. has three in the playoffs, A.J. has two in the playoffs, and Debo has two in the playoffs. So it's not like these guys, like, well, Debo, no, these other guys have fucking dominated in January. Those guys have been more productive than Debo. Debo's production was unlike anything we ever saw, but again, it was shot like a rocket ship for about 10 games. Say what you want about DK, and I'm not the biggest... Like, I would not trade for DK. I would not feel comfortable giving him $20 million a year. I'd rather have Debo than DK. I'll say that. But his resume speaks for itself. It's a dominant resume. Playing with with Russell Wilson, as someone pointed out in the chat. Yeah. To be fair. Like, it was a good match for him, right? Like, he he would not have put those numbers together playing with the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he made some plays on, like, quick screens, take him to the house. Like, he's a pretty... I think we all agree he's a physical freak and maybe the Niners would just throw jump balls to the DK in a way they don't throw to other receivers with Jimmy Garoppolo now I would say the best quote-unquote receiver in this class I would put AJ on a clear tier as the number one we saw right when the number we had this conversation on that on that day he was a monster now you could argue Debo as one of the best quote-unquote football players in the league but all three of them like have some pretty easy arguments, right? And Debo's more my value to you. AJ's just, I'm, I got, I could put together five more years of just being the, could I be the best receiver in the league one day? And DK's like, my resume speaks for itself. Yeah. And I'd say one day for AJ Brown, you know, his thing is like, yeah, well I'm playing with Ryan Tannehill. We're not exactly the most dynamic passing offense. Now he can throw the ball down the field. I'm not saying Tannehill stinks, but he's not playing with Russell Wilson either. Right. Here's what I know. The Niners would not trade Debo straight up for DK. Seattle, who knows? Maybe they'd just be over the the, the Diva-ish. The Titans would definitely say no, DK straight up for AJ. The Seattle might do that deal. The 49ers, I think you would think about, you know, with Trey, a huge target as a thrower. If you had to pay one of them, AJ, just bigger, stronger, more likely to go, you know, the next five years, you would just bet on the physical history. The Titans 100% would say no, AJ straight up for Debo. And I know I've talked to the GM. He thinks Debo's a star. It's not, so it's not like they don't think Debo's a stud. They watched him in that game, single-handedly try to keep that game close. But AJ, I mean, him and Justin Simmons are the best two players on their team, on a team that wins 12 games a year, every year, now for the last several years, right? They just go to the playoffs. Yeah. But but again, I, I, I guess do they got think- Derrick Henry too. Uh, I do think when it comes to Debo, the number one issue is that he has not been healthy all three years. I think if you get that guy you saw last year healthy for three years, 
which again, part of the he, if he has to be a running back, that makes it harder to stay healthy, even though we did it last year. Then it pushes him a lot closer to just as valuable as AJ Brown as doing it for one year. You yeah, know? maybe better, better consistent. Like the one thing you would say from a throwing standpoint, you know, the head coach has been very hit or miss with the trust of their quarterback. And the best year Jimmy, it felt like was as a thrower, would have been the Super Bowl year. Debo was a rookie. Like, obviously, Russell's the best quarterback of this group. And even Tannehill, everyone shitting on him at the end of the year, has been pretty good, you know, for a couple of years throwing the football, right? Yeah. yeah. Statistically, he's been a top 10 passer in the league before. So that. But that I don't believe he's a top 10 quarterback. I mean, whatever the numbers say. No, he's no you know what I'm. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's a legitimate starting quarterback year in year out of a playoff team. But now, but Jimmy I, might be too, but he he can't stay on the field. But my ultimate point on Debo as it relates to this group of guys is I think he has a chance to be as good as AJ Brown, like as on the same tier as AJ Brown in terms of the best receivers in the league. It feels to me my concern is it's going to be a little harder for him to be that, given kind of the way it feels like he almost has to play to to get let's say equal, not equal production but you know he's got 21 touchdowns aj brown's got 25 so pretty equal production the, the specifically him as a run the collisions that he's involved with around the line of scrimmage do concern me if i tell you all three of these guys get contract extensions with their incumbent team does any one of the three get over 50 million dollars guaranteed um uh it's tough i mean aj brown i guess could could play this year without a new contract. They pick up a fifth year option, and then no, they he's ex- a, no, he's a, no, he's a second round pick. They're all second round picks. Oh yeah, so, it's so crazy. Just, of course, they're just, they're just free AJ agents. Brown feels like a first round pick. Um, yeah, I could see AJ. The problem would be even right now, he's not like if he had played sixteen games last year and had eleven touchdowns like he did the year before. How many games did he play last year? Thirteen. We missed four games. Four is not nothing. What was his production last year? AJ Brown was five touchdowns, uh, sixty-three catches. I mean, that's not AJ yeah, Brown's great. production. Now again, the team he plays for, the way they play, fifty-two receptions, seventy receptions, sixty-three receptions. How many touchdowns the first two years though? Eight, and then eleven, and then five, and maybe Derrick Henry takes away some of his catches. His touchdowns, his touchdowns, I mean, right? Yeah, Go you on. probably don't throw as many fades within the five as you do just hand it off to the big fella. But Debo's uh, like, oh, they hand me the ball down there. I guess what, I, what I'm talking through with myself is like, I, that's true. I do feel like AJ could be a 50 million plus guy. Yeah, to me, if one of them were to get traded, they'd be a lock to get well over that, right? Because if they're getting traded, that means someone's paying him a lot of money. Um, I mean, he hasn't played 16 games since his rookie year. Who hasn't AJ? Mm-hmm. So him and Debo have that in common. Both some injury issues, and both clearly are very valued in their own offense. DK is a little interesting, right? Because you know he lost his greatest asset. So you could argue, like to me, where I keep going back to, like why I don't think he'd get traded. Like he still is one of their best players, and they're not trying to reset. Like they're they're not blowing it up. They're not the Texans or the Lions, right? Even yeah. though that feels like that, they, they, they are not thinking like that. And he still gives them their best chance to win having him on the field. I also would say, you know, the game we saw from A.J. Brown on Thursday Night Football, this is kind of like you sign a guy because he had a great game against you, uh, was by far, 
he had one other game on that level last year. Now, again, he had like eight for 33 against the Chiefs and a touchdown. That's an amazing game. He had seven for 91 against Buffalo. I mean, they needed it. They won by three. That's a hell of a performance. Seven for 91 when everyone knows you're getting the ball. He had 10 for 155 against Indy, and he had 11 for 145, and it just felt like first down after first down, back-breaking first down against the 49ers. But he, you know, and I think it's fair to say when he, when he when he's on, he's as unstoppable as an outside forces are in the NFL. But he also had he had a three catch, a four catch, a three catch, an injury, a three catch, a no catch, and you know, a two catch, a four catch. Whereas you just Debo, I would say of the three is the less is the least reliant on external factors. Like as your team gets worse, you almost he becomes better because you you don't. You don't need a clean pocket and one and a half seconds to get him the football, you know? Who's that? Debo. Yeah. Like, it, like ultimately, a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. Debo kind of feels like he's a master and the, the jack-of-all-trades. If he keeps, If he does what he did last year for multiple years... He is in some ways more valuable than these other two guys. I, I, I do think that Debo and even AJ because of what they've meant to the team under their coach and their GM and with the quarterback, and I know the Niners have a new young quarterback coming on, we think, their value is still really immense. Those guys know him so well. The DK thing, you could just argue, like, could I get pick 10? And then all of a sudden I got a couple really high picks and I get to just get Garrett Wilson instead and kind of reset my salary cap with Seattle that's been a little out of whack. That would be maybe you talk yourself into it. To me, if one of these guys can get traded, my bet would be on DK, even though I think it's very, very unlikely. And it'd just be like, are the Jets really going to trade pick 10 for DK? Because I'll tell you this, if that happened, if I just said DK Metcalf has been traded to the Jets, he's going to sign the Amari Cooper contract. Let's say five for 100, you know, 60 guaranteed, 20 yeah, year. Yeah or whatever. Let's say it's 84, so even if it's like 21 a year to give him a little bump, I'd be like, I don't like that match. I think that's going to blow up in everyone's face. Yeah, yeah. I also think, what what are you doing if you're not giving your young... I mean, again, we're not talking about actually, like, would you necessarily trade Debo in this conversation? We're talking about how he relates to these other players. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't understand why the Jets would do it, right? Uh, yeah, because they, but again, Debo actually, would Debo make more sense for them than DK or A.J. Brown because their quarterback is a little bit erratic down the field and just throw the ball two yards down, offensive coordinator, same type of guy. Like, I understood why Tyreek made sense for them. People said, well, he's small. And Zach, Wil- Zach uh, Wilson, you know, we talked about his his kind of target radius, his wide, his, his uh, splatter chart or whatever you call it. If we yeah. gave him a gun and then pulled the thing close to us, he'd be bullets all over the place uh, on the silhouette paper. But, okay, then let's do what he does well and just get this guy the ball and get my playmakers in position to make plays. He's not like so, Bob, Bob, Bobby Lee Swagger. I, I watched Shooter. Uh, it was just on Netflix. So I, What's I, his I, last name in that? Is it Swagger? Is that what his Bo- name is? Bo- Bobby Lee Swagger. His name is Swagger. Yeah, Bobby Lee Swagger. That's a good. That's a good watch. Isn't that a good watch? That, that one's on a lot too. That that's yeah. I Netflix is it's one of its trending movies. So I just I, I do a lot like when I've I seen did Once Upon before. a Time and I did uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood this weekend. How was that? What where do you find that? Uh, I just watched. I just rented it. I've rented that movie probably three times. Uh, I should probably buy it because I've spent twelve dollars renting it. I what is it, that what does it run you three ninety nine? Yeah, it's not a bad rental. I just that's, love a, it. I just that's love an that movie. easy. They must know human psychology because three ninety nine feels like fifty cents when you press the button. You're like, ah, oh, it's fucking nothing. What what number would it? What number? Like I've done before. Super boredom. I've done it one time. Twenty dollar. Never. Yeah, I've done the nineteen ninety nine. It was just I was desperate. It was probably pre streaming is big. I would never do that now. I would say once you get eight nine ninety nine, you're like, do I really need to? I got a million free movies. Why am I? Especially now that it's not like there are new like. The Departed and these movies that are just transcendent movies, it feels like come out anymore. Three ninety nine is an, an easy one because you can even someone like recommends an older movie, and you realize it's not on one of the streaming. Like, oh, spent three ninety nine to watch that thing. It, yeah. it feels like nothing. Yes, you can even argue six ninety nine would feel like a little more, right? I, like, eh, yeah, I think, I think, I think it would. But you're so conditioned now; it's so funny the things you like wouldn't spend five dollars on and the things you throw five dollars away on you know <laughs> like uh-huh. one guy ga- like you're like i don't know if i should do it you spend nine dollars you can spend twenty dollars like that at the at the mini mart just when you're 10 minutes from your house you know what i mean oh <laughs> but you wouldn't spend for three hours of entertainment 20 bucks but for like two smart waters a beef jerky a pack of gum a mamba and a bag of chips are you able to watch a movie that you've already seen without grabbing your phone I didn't grab my sit, phone watching that movie. You just sit there and watch the movie? Uh, yeah, I, I did. That's impressive. But I would say I do. Yeah, I mean, it's 
I just love, but I love that. That's one of my favorite movies. So that's a good, that's a good, that's, that's a goodie. When uh, uh, doesn't Brad Pitt beat up uh, Bruce Lee? It my, I think it, I was thinking about this last night. Is that my favorite scene? It might be my favorite scene, but then you can't, it's hard to beat flamethrower scene. That's one's pretty good too. I mean, it's just the final fight scene. Uh, it's pretty yeah. great. That's a that's a pretty good one. When what's uh is there a scene early on in that movie where where Leo's like talking to the or is it Brad Pitt like having the one on one interview with like the young Asian girl or she's the actor? I remember, it was really awkward. I, I saw it in the theater. Isn't there like they're There's on not, set? You mean the younger, like the four year old girl? Yes, yeah, is she an actress? Or in she's the eight. Movie? She's eight. Yeah, not yeah. Asian, but yes, the eight year old, and it's Leo, and that's a great. Oh, she's scene a too. really young girl. She in the yeah, got gotcha. eight year old, eight year old girl. The scene where like Leo gets his mojo back, it's like you know you're watching a movie, the movie they're shooting or whatever. I love that. That's a great scene too. Yeah, it's, it's a, I need to. Re- that's a good one. I haven't. I, I went to the theater when that thing came out. Watched really? it by myself. Yeah, I don't remember the first time I watched it, but. I've I'm not a, a huge lot. solo movie guy. You know, I know Greg, Greg Papa, big solo movie guy. Oh, I've we should talk to him. Make a note of that. Occasionally on a, on a big boy film, but they don't exist anymore. Solo movie ranks for Greg Papa. Uh, Ultimate Niner. Imagine the Jets, you go to four and get Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, Kyle Shannon ain't drafting Kayvon Thibodeau. Everyone's got picks. I don't think Kyle Hamilton will be there at 10. Your Highness with Danny McBride? Not seen it. No, sounds good, though. Danny like Danny McBride. Yeah, Danny's had a good run. Uh, All right, John, we did see this tweet from Matt Mayoko. At the NFL annual meeting in Palm Beach, Florida, where all teams have gathered for the next few days, the 49ers are likely to remain patient. They seem willing to hold on to Jimmy Garoppolo for a while to allow him to get healthy and see if any trade scenarios materialize. Likely what's to the, remain patient. What's the rush? Likely to remain patient. So, I mean, at this point, it feels like Garoppolo will be throwing one day again, and he'll still be a 49er. When, now, is he throwing just on his own? Is he throwing in Santa Clara? Uh, but he's going to be throwing somewhere for somebody. Around Fourth of July weekend, right? Wasn't that the date? Uh, as a 49er. Yeah, to me the question is when Capricola? training when, when training I, I think the question is now if they don't do some trade with the Carolina Panthers, which feels like the only one possible, the one where Sam comes back and they trade Jimmy Garoppolo injured, which they would have done already. And who knows, maybe it happens at the draft. We'll see. If that does not take place, I think the only question is do they cut him on the first day of training camp when he gets his physical or does, do they open up camp and do a quote unquote, a competition or do they name trade? I don't know how they do it, but to me, that's the question mark. If they, if they make it past the draft, because I, I still think the draft marquee players get traded on draft night. Weird shit happens on draft night. I, I'd just say everything's on the table. I think the Debo, AJ Brown, DK, like those names, you know, I could see just a, a Mort report, like, you know, names to keep an eye on, you know, just not saying it's going to happen, but weird shit happens on, I would say, mid Thursday through mid Friday, that yeah. kind of 24 hour stretch, and even right. into probably the second round, right? At this point, it feels impossible that Jimmy Grapple gets traded on April 28th, which is a month, we're a month away from the first round of the NFL draft. Um, 
But uh, I mean, uh, un- unless the the Panthers at six take a quarterback, let's say they take Malik Willis, and they go, we don't really feel comfortable with Sam Darnold being the kind of mentor. Let's take a mentor. We'll pay that salary. We'll eat a little bit and trade you. Assuming the Niners would even want to do that. But I'm saying that would Darnold, that yeah. to me would be just kind of a hail mary thing, which again still doesn't feel that likely. But they, they, yeah, and they, and they would have like they'd have. They're to not pay coming. 20- to, They'd have to pay $27 million for their backup quarterback because Jimmy's not renegotiating to go be somebody's backup quarterback. No, but Jimmy Garoppolo would be their starting quarterback. Oh, I, I, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying be a mentor you, you as draft a backup. Mo- yeah, yep, you'd be a mentor as the starter, like Malik Willis, Trey Lance style. Mm-hmm, like you basically mm-hmm. just do the same thing, and you go, God, look, it worked pretty well. They raved about the guy. That, to me, would be the place. But if that's not the case, like, here's what the Niners can't do. If training camp starts, you either cut him, trade him, or he shows up. There's no, like, this ain't you're throwing on the side at home. That's fucking bizarre. Like, I, I do not see them doing that. If he's on the team come training camp, they're either getting rid of him because he can pass the physical, then they owe him zero. He can sign for a million bucks. They don't have to eat anything. Or he's coming to practice. Like, I, I don't see it an option. Like, why wouldn't you just allow Like, that would be weird. And I don't think they want any part of that. Well, him being a practice would also be weird. So weird but is le- not the but standard. But le- less, less weird that they couldn't trade him, that not, like, we don't want you around or whatever. I yeah. don't think that's on the table. I don't think they would do that because I think Kyle would want him. Yeah, the question is, would he, to me, what would be weird is if he's there and also getting reps as the like the same number of reps that a guy in a quarterback competition gets, not the number of reps that a number two quarterback gets. And honestly, even getting the reps that a number two quarterback gets is kind of crazy. Like Trey Lance should get more reps than most number ones unless you're afraid of his arm being sore. He needs as many reps as possible. Nate well, Sudfeld you- can get the, the, two, the threes and the fours. Yeah, you should argue Trey gets 90% of them and then Nate gets a couple because if Trey did go down, you'd need to, him to operate. You'd well, spend and there's no rule. There's no, you know, Tom Brady gets a different number of reps than uh, Sam Darnold gets, even when both were starting quarterbacks in the NFL, potentially. Tom might want more or Tom might want less. Whatever he wants is what he gets. Yeah. But so you can manipulate. It's not like, well, the CBA says that the first team quarterback has to get 18, 18% more throws than the second and third quarterback combined. So any throws Jimmy Garoppolo has or potentially throws that Trey Lance otherwise should be making. Now, we've been at camp. There's a lot of useless throws being made. So I'm not going to act like, you know, 10 extra throws every practice to whatever. Some undrafted rookie receiver is like the difference between winning 10 games and winning seven. But you get the point. Pretty it's, important I think for, it's for a Trey level. to throw with the three guys, Ayuk, yeah, Kittle, and, and Debo. And also, there's just on the basic level, if it's my team now, it's a little harder for it to become my team if the guys whose team it used to be is still there. Yeah. Well, that's why, if we care about that kind of thing. Well, that's why already being at this point, like John Lynch is, by the time you listen to this, maybe he's already spoke to Mayoko and Barros and all those guys if they're there. And if, I don't, who knows, maybe he does a Zoom. But he can say whatever he wants. And I like John Lynch. I feel like he's going to be lying. You know, we prepared for the situation. We had budgeted. Yeah, this was this was your worst case scenario. Like you would have liked to already moved on and had your value and just been off to new deals, right? Yeah. Or yep. just new, you know, whatever you're working with, right? It's like having to deal with Debo's contract and Nick Bose's contract. Like that's NFL business, right? Having a quarterback that you no longer want to be the starter that you wish you could have unloaded still on the team come when all the players report in the next couple weeks just to start working out was not the plan. Like, and to me, there's nothing wrong, and I hope they do this. Like, they, they won't, but 
you know, this wasn't an ideal situation, but we're here and we'll deal with it. This is the NFL. Like that, that would be very refreshing. Like we didn't want this guys, but they can't say, yeah. That. Uh, can't tame, can't, can't tame. He says, Jimmy would, I think he's saying Jimmy would fit in. I, Jimmy, I don't think Jimmy would be a problem, but it's just, Makes it harder for Trey Lance to fully grow if Jimmy's there taking up a little bit of the space. Well, I mean, honestly, I got to give the guy credit. I don't think he's had a processed carb in 20 years, and he he does good job on the Subway commercial. <laughs> I, I think mean- he's pretty good in that commercial. People, I said that uh, a couple of weeks ago that I think if given the chance, he could be as good as Baker, and people thought I was over, vastly overrating his Subway ability. But um, I think he does what's hard. Like one of the hardest things, I think, probably is that kind of. You know, where like Nona says she doesn't cook and Jimmy has to react to that shocking information. And I think he does a good job. What's the name of the meat that he pronounces? Is it like uh, Capricola the, or something the, like the, that? The Italian, yeah. It's the it's like the good uh, Italian meat. Jerome on the stream says, goal is to trade him. Not going to rush a hangnail injury in camp, though. If he's still there, he's sitting. You could definitely have that situation, you know? Yeah. Jimmy's dealing with a hangnail or an ingrown toenail or uh, excessive ear hair, and uh, well, they're working on it, you know? You go manscaped.com slash ham, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Jimmy's off in the corner of his Travis Matthews outfit. Uh, Patrick said, <laughs> Patrick says, Colts traded their horrible QB the smart way, super quick, and for whatever they could before the other quarterbacks moved. But he wasn't that horrible, and he's healthy. <laughs> but they did trade him super quick and before the other quarterbacks moved. That's, Got that's rid of, And before they even knew Matt Ryan was a possibility. <laughs> They're just like, yeah. get this guy out of here. Let's so. punt. Let's punt. Uh, it will be, you know, you you could you just hit on it. Interesting if there's Q and A's, kind of what John Lynch says, right? When the media is gathered around him, uh, that is just kind of interesting. We always like deciphering his his and body he, language, and he's not great at lying, right? No, he struggles not. with it. He, uh, yeah. It's not his. It's hard but, because, like, I, I here's who I think is great at it. An underrated doesn't get any credit is Andy because he's always smiling and he's like, you know, we love the guy. Meanwhile, he's like trading him. You know, it's just like Andy is just fantastic because it's always smiling, bringing up how he ate a double cheeseburger. Meanwhile, he just cut Frank Clark. He's like, yeah, everything he's done for us, you know, double cheeseburgers, and he, but so he kind of gets you off the scent. Well, John, I think it's hard for him to bullshit. I, I think he really struggles at that. You kind of got to be – I think even Kyle has a little bit while he's candid. He's good at, like, kind of just cutting you off and be like, yeah, well, we're not going to talk about it. John Lynch was a player. You didn't really have to lie. I mean, you just – you just oh, yeah, you sucked on that play. You got to do better on that play. You got to – like, you're just honest. Yeah. Right? The coaches, after a long time, you probably get t- – Brad on the stream says, touch his ear. Touch his ear. Goes to the – if you – I watched some of the Browns press conference the other day. All three guys, when they sat down, first thing they do – immediately crack their bottle of water like oh 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 i was backstage thirsting and here i am on the stage now i need my bottle of water you know john lynch is he was ripping you remember that press conference he was reaching yeah. all over his bottle of water you know as if he just had to drink i saw that i saw that i did click on it i, I lasted two minutes but the, sashi not sashi but barry First thing he does is uncorks the thing. Uncorks the, it's like, what? Dude, you you, you, you you didn't have a chance for water. Uh, matter by nature, thank you. Says, did Jimmy get thumb surgery? That can be uh, that can be his insurance getting that $7.5 million injury settlement. Jimmy can get his thumb operated on right before his physical. To me, that would be pretty risky given, let's just hypothetically say it's a four-week recovery. Let's just say the surgery. I'm just going to pick a date, right? Four okay. weeks. 
that means he would miss all training camp. So even if they cut him and he got the seven and a half million, he'd have to like that would he'd be fucking himself a little bit, right? Unless he realized there's nowhere to go, you might as well just take the seven and a half. Yeah, but he's yeah. So he didn't get thumb surgery; he got shoulder surgery. Yeah, but I can see them like maybe his he, thumb is still bad, and they have to go to arbitration. Like my thumb still doesn't work, and he's like, "Yes, it does. We clear you. This guy, this guy's from Stanford." <laughs> uh, Oscars tonight? Apparently, Lynch can't deflect. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. He just doesn't want to. Uh, you have potential. You have uh, uh, one of the all-time great commercials. Pinocchio knows. Wow. You all have potential in each of you. I don't remember exactly how it goes. But that's a good commercial. All right. Uh, on that note, any uh, other things we, we didn't mention today? Oh, you know, by the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I'm wearing this Buck Mason hoodie that I'm wearing for those of you watching the stream. Have not worn on the stream before. Just got it this weekend. It's brand new. Just came. What, Paid what my own money is for is that, is that creamsicle? Uh, yeah, it's like a cream. It's not like a stark white. I'd say it's a cream. Did you get one like this? No, these are my shorts, though. Ooh, I like those. How? Well, give us your review. Uh, they're elite because now I can separate the the shorts, like my basketball shorts that I use at the gym and I sweat in, and those will just get rotated. And then I just got two of these that'll just be for wearing at home. Like they're just lounging to be around here. And if I you need wear- to like go to the store or whatever, can do it. You, you can wear do underwear it with pockets. those. 100% of I the do. time? I, no, 0% of the time. Free ball. Free ball, yeah. Yeah. But I, there's but no, again, like I'm a free ball probably 50% of the time no matter what. So it's like I'm, a, gotcha. I'm probably a unique case. I'll remember that next time I see you in jeans. Yeah. Um, I, I never rarely wear underwear with jeans. BuckMason.com slash ham. And, uh, you know, they're not paying us this week, but we think it's a great product and the promo's still out there. So uh, go get it while you can. Yeah, go get it. All right. Go get it. I, I, stuff will be, there'll be uh, reports of things happening this week, so we'll be here. Can't wait. Uh, Master starts next week. Not wait, not this week, but next week. Yeah, a week from Monday, it kind of kicks off. And uh, Tiger hasn't bailed yet. Is there a deadline? I, I read he might participate in the par three contest, which would actually feel like a big deal, wouldn't it? I would imagine the deadline is Monday or Tuesday before, like, you know, he bows out, someone takes his spot. So it's maybe he's taking it up there to the wire. Maybe he legitimately has to see, like, can I walk? If I walked four straight days, what does it feel like? Because there was a report on Twitter from, like, I think this thing called Friday. I think they're like a guy that used to work maybe at CBS Sports or whatever. And they have a podcast called Friday. And it was that they had gotten reports out of his home course in Florida, which is either Seminole or, you know, one of those sweet-ass fucking places, <laughs> the Grove 23, or that he's been walking all week. And it's, you know, it's one of those, like, that's not random, because I bet if he was just fully healthy and going to be playing the Masters in two weeks, he would be practicing in a card or, what you know, it's not, you wouldn't even be, you just do however you practice. But I think part of it is, like, he's walking, and Joey LaCava showed up carrying the bag. So it's like, what is going on? Now, my my educated guess still I think that he does not play this in two weeks, and he ends up trying to play at St. Andrews, which is historically pretty flat, and it's like, you know, known as the greatest golf course in the world, right? He's won it before, which is the historic, and that would be something that, like, be pretty big. I, I do think I've never been to Augusta, and, you know, TV doesn't do it justice, but every single one of these guys said it's the hardest course to walk. The undulation of the course is Well, I remember nuts. a graphic from last year – um, one of the holes, the the um, 
like the difference between the tee box and the green. Like there's always one of the, which hole is it? And it, you've got like, you know, a bunch of buildings showing you the difference between the elevation of the tee box and the green. That There's a few of those. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, it could, honestly, it could be the par three twelfth that they all hit in the water. I think like it Tiger is the par three. Yeah, I think it might because be. Because you know how you just kind of walk from the green, the tee box kind of feels like it's just in the middle of nowhere. And I think the green, because the cor- the hole looks insanely easy and they all hit in the water. I think that hole is really tricky with your eyes and the, yeah. the, the undulation of the, of the green. I think the trees block off the wind that actually hits when you hit it too high. If he does play, I, I do think that'll be a pretty big story if phil how about if phil shows up and no one shakes his hand phil around phil just walking around the practice screen trying to say hi to everybody everyone ignoring him can't be seen talking to you i'm always i'm always a sucker for the dinner menu i wonder what hideki is gonna bring i I bet fish is definitely involved because i've seen uh seen some instagrams with him over the years of like you know if you look at hideki you know he's (laughs) we all think he's 40 because he's built you know he's 29 he likes so why would he eat fish well, I've just seen him have some enormous like sushi dinners. Like, oh, he I, had see, a, I see. I, I followed his caddy after he won the uh, Masters, and he just tweets sometimes when they throw parties. I think Hideki, you know, throws back some sushi fucking everywhere. Saki. I think Hideki gets that belly again, guy. He's twenty nine. He's and he not, walks a lot. <laughs> a lot. He well, he walks four days a weekend, not two. All right, everybody. So. Thanks for hanging with us, and uh, have a great week. All rise. Adios, Polota. Let's ride. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.